We'll get to episode 245 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to tell you about Believe You Can 2023. It's the virtual talent show for blind and visually impaired performers presented by the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. It's coming October 14th and tickets are on sale now. Individual tickets are $10, watch party tickets are $25, and gold circle tickets are $100. Go to believeyoucan.live slash tickets to make your purchase. Again, believeyoucan.live slash tickets. I really do appreciate your support. Thank you so much. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 245 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I'm really glad you're here for this episode, and I do appreciate it. We've got a few things to talk about, and what is funny, there are some weeks that I don't leave the house. I go out to the backyard with Ziggy, I go to the curb to take the trash or the recycling out, But I really don't leave, especially now that Liz has started back at school. She's tired at the end of the day. Sometimes she doesn't get home until four o'clock and we eat dinner and she takes Ziggy for a walk and that's the end. And it pains me when that happens. (laughs) But somehow I find things to talk about. What was great about last week, and I'm recording this right after Sunday night football. So it's early morning, Monday morning after midnight. After the Steelers beat the Raiders and sealed my fate, at least in the all-blind league for this week, thanks to Nick's beatdown, he had two guys that had 75 points, but it was the Dolphins that had 70, so of course you know who those two guys played for. So last week, I got out of the house four days. Four days. Now, two of them were for doctor's appointment, and I'll get into them in a second. One was a lot of fun, and I'll get into that a little bit later, going to Eastern State Penitentiary in their Halloween horrors or whatever it's called over there. And then one was to food trucks in Swarthmore that that we didn't really eat at, but I'll get into that in a minute as well. I had an eye appointment on Monday, a glaucoma check. And what's funny when I go to these, I wonder how good is it? How bad is it? I've noticed that I can't see very well. And I know I know that because I have a podcast called I Can't See You. But if you have vision issues or any kind of issues, you know, some days are better than others. Some days your body doesn't hurt as much as others. And I'll get into that in a few minutes, too. <laughs> I went to the appointment on Monday to see my glaucoma specialist. And I was hoping that he'd be able to say, oh, this is what's going on. And that's never, of course, the case. They just don't know why this doesn't work or that looks that way or whatever. So my plan was to take the bus and the trolley into media. Yes, it takes a long time to do that, but it also only costs about $3. And Uber is around, well, as it turned out, was $14. I wanted to do that because I knew I had a few things scheduled last week, and I didn't want to be into Uber for $100 or more. And it turns out I was probably into it for about 100 bucks. but I'll get into that. So my plan was to take the 
bus and trolley going and Uber coming home, figuring, okay, that's going to be about 15 bucks, give or take, for that trip. And then my trip on Tuesday to the rheumatologist, I, I couldn't take public transport to get there. I had to take a car. And I knew that, uh, worst case scenario, those trips have cost as much as 40 bucks. Best case, it's been, and I actually probably got off best case because I think I only paid $18 one way uh, on the Tuesday trip. But when I got up on Monday morning, it was raining. And I didn't want to go to the appointment soaking wet. So I ditched the idea of taking uh, the bus and trolley because I was going to have to get off the bus at the Springfield Mall, walk around to the back of the Springfield Mall, and then wait for the trolley there. Fortunately, the trolley lets out right in front of the office. But again, it was raining and I'm not, I wasn't going to do it. It also stopped me from going to the bank when I was in media because I had a deposit to take for the Keystone chapter, which is still in my pocket one, almost one week later. So I go to the appointment. I don't know what to expect. My vision is terrible. And uh, Tamika, who was the girl that uh, brought me back into the room, and I sat down and she said, OK, I'm going to put something on the board do you see it? And I said, yeah, I see a black blob. And she said, all right, wait a second. She makes it as big as it could be. She said, can you see it? I said, I can see there's something there. Give me a second. And by a second, I probably took 30 seconds. She said, you know what it is? I said, yeah, it's an, a B, an E or an F. She said, okay. (laughs) I said, I said, can you tell me, is it, is it one of those? And she said, yes. And I looked closely, I probably leaned forward in my chair, and I said, I think it's an F. And she said, you're right. I said, okay, great. Then she put the next thing up there, and uh, it just looked like a black blob. And I asked her what that line was that I had trouble seeing and guessed the first three letters, like I mentioned. And she said, that's the 20 over 400 line. Now, there's been times, as I've talked about over the years in the podcast, where I've been as good as 20 over 300. Now, it hasn't been that way for a while, but at one of my cornea doctor appointments after the most recent transplant in April of 2022, I was able to read the 20 over 350 line. And I was very excited. And the doctor told me, look, don't get too excited. You're still blind. I couldn't tell, and she didn't know, why it looked that way. My eyes felt really crappy. They had felt really crappy probably for about a week. And when the doctor came in, he noticed that there was a lot of mucus in them. I don't know if I have some sort of systemic issue going on or if it's just an eye thing. I've been congested and so forth. So in fact, a couple of people have told me it sounds like I'm out of breath sometimes when I pick up the phone. And it's because I've been congested, I guess, and I'm breathing through my mouth. And maybe that's why. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been out of breath. After Tamika leaves, I said, you know, I thought to myself, I'm going to see what Be My AI sees when I take a picture. So I took a picture of the screen, which had, oh, and it was an A. As I, After she left, I leaned forward in the chair and actually got out of the chair and took a step forward and saw that it was an A, that the next line down that I couldn't read was an A, capital A. And it was verified with Be My AI. I took a picture and it told me everything that was in the room. It told me that there was some, stor- some sort of medical equipment to my left. And it was that thing that you put your chin in so they can take the pressure and look into your eye and, 
and so forth. It told me that there was a chair. It told me that there was a window and there was a there was an A in the window. And it told me there was a door and so forth and so on. It was very, very thorough. And I, I, I just think it's incredible. And if you are blind or visually impaired, go and get Be My Eyes, get the app, and then sign up to get the Be My AI because it is just incredible how thorough it is. I took some pictures into it that were sent to me just to see what it would say. And it was just unreal how much, how much detail it gave. So when Dr. Pro came in, he noticed all this mucus and he didn't know what it was from. He said my eye otherwise looked okay. He didn't notice any issues. He asked me what Dr. Garg had said. He is my retina specialist that I see now every year. He's also the one that listens to the podcast every so often and suggests I work in some sort of blind murder to get more listeners if I wanted to increase my listenership. <laughs> increase my listenership. So I'm still thinking about that and how I could do that without being able to read a script. So I went through that and he told me he would see me in six months. And I always laugh because a couple of my blind friends always would tell me, oh yeah, I go every six months. Ever since I went completely blind, they, they only want to see me every six months. And I thought, okay, that means there's nothing more he can do. <laughs> so just to stay on top of it, unless there's some sort of pain or anything like that. One thing I thought was funny too, before I got called back at the front desk was someone who was checking in and I'm not going to say his name because I, I heard his name and then he gave his birthday so he could verify that it's him. And of course, now I know his birthday and his name. He fortunately didn't give a phone number or an address or worse, a social security number, because I always listen for those things. And so many times I could hear those, although now, maybe a couple years later, I don't know, when I first started doing it, numbers weren't an issue. As I mentioned last week, <laughs> numbers are an issue and remembering a string of uh, what is it, nine for a social security number. I don't know that I could still do. But his birthday was November 20th of 1952. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Day before me, uh, 12 years earlier. So 12 days in a year older than me. And I wondered if he was in, obviously he was in for glaucoma. Did he have bad eyes? I, I couldn't see him. He was He was probably about 10 feet away from me. But I just thought it was interesting. And again, I hate when they ask all that stuff when you go to a doctor's office because I can't be the only one that's listening and remembering, okay, this is a phone number, this is a your address or whatnot. It's It can be scary. And I remember going to one office in particular where they asked everything, social security number, address, birth date, also. The only thing they didn't ask basically was mother's maiden name. I always like to, and I, I know Liz does, uh, or used to have a card that would have some of the information on it so she wouldn't have to say it out loud. Not that she would give it to the person, she would show it to the person and then either get it back if they took it or put it back in her wallet if they just hung on to it uh, or they didn't need to touch it, they had, they had good vision. So nothing new on the glaucoma front. The next day, I went to my rheumatologist. I was excited to go to him because my body has been killing me. I go in, I give them my weight, I don't usually get on the scale there. I just use the weight that I give that, that I take in the morning right before I get in the shower. And I am always honest with it because there's the only one I'd be lying to is myself. We go in the back and they have me squeeze this thing. I don't know what the device is called. 
you have to squeeze it. And in the days when my arthritis was horrible, I could get into like the mid 30s. I got into the mid 80s, low to mid 80s in both hands. I don't remember which was which. One was 84, one was 86. I don't remember 82 and 84, something like that. But it was into the 80s. And when the doctor came in, he saw those, you know, he asked me, how are, how's it going? And he's looking at my hands. He's like, yeah, I see a little bit of swelling, but it looks pretty good. And I thought, what? I am in pain everywhere. And then he looked, he said, what? He asked the girl who was at the computer, what were the numbers? And he didn't call it the squeezy test. <laughs> he just called it the test. So I really have no idea what it is. And she told him in the 80s, and he said, wow, that is great. And then he went and made a big deal about that and about the, it used to be in the 30s. I said, again, I ask, that's great, but why I, am I always in pain? And he comes over and he starts poking me in certain spots in that uh, he asked me if my neck was stiff, and it always is, and if it hurts, and it does. And then he pushed really hard in that spot between your neck and like your collarbone, right up top on your shoulders. And he pushed really hard and oh my God, it hurt so much. He did the same on my calves in a certain spot. He did one or two other places, which I don't remember. It, all of it was just killing me. And he said, this is all soft tissue. This is not arthritis. And then I told him about my hands and my wrists. He said, yeah, where you're showing me is all soft tissue. He then squeezed my knuckles on my fingers, and none of it hurt that bad. Some of it hurt, but not terribly, not like the pushing on those soft, soft areas. He said, I think you have fibromyalgia. And I said, okay, what do we do with that? How do we fix that? He said, well, do you have a lot of stress or anxiety? And I said, I, I don't think so. It's not like when I had a retail business and people were calling out sick and I had to do this or payments were due and a client hadn't paid if it was the salon supplies and interiors. Nothing like that now. So I don't think I have stress. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I have a little. There's doing 8 million things, but I don't think that's it. Asked about depression, also don't think that's it. Do I believe, <laughs> does it make me sad when I when I believe that I'll never get to any place along the Mediterranean coast in those uh, Spain, France, Italy to, to have a look around for a nice climate to live in? Yeah, that makes me sad. <laughs> but I don't think it's to the level, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor. As I told Alex earlier tonight, I'm not a doctor, nor did I ever play one on TV, but my friend Ken did. So... He told me a couple of things to do, and he gave me a website to look at, and he also asked the girl to print something out, which she didn't do because I didn't have any bag with me. There's no way I would have, I would have dropped those and not even known it on the way home. I said, just give me the website, and I'll go there, and I can print them out on my own or look at them on my own. Of course, when I got home and tried to get in there, you can only go so far in that you need a subscription, and it's mainly for doctors, medical students, things like that, people in the healthcare industry. So I was kind of bummed about that because he had told me, the doctor had told me to have Liz 
do the tests in those spots and it, and evidently this thing he was going to print out would have where exactly to do it. So I was kind of bummed about that and I don't go back for a few months. So some of the things that I could do, yoga was one thing it recommended. There were some other things uh, that it recommended. It re- recommended eating lots of fruits and vegetables. I already do that. And that's what's troubling because I already do a lot of the things that most doctors tell you to do. And so I don't know what the story is there. Now, as I said, I had to take an Uber both ways. And the the Ubers that day were just crazy. Going to the place, this guy picks me up and we go on 476, which is in this area called the Blue Route. It's called the Blue Route because when they were developing the highway, they had three or four routes drawn on a map. One was in red, one was in yellow, one was in blue. Maybe there was a green one. I don't know. But they picked the blue one. That's why it's called the Blue Route. It's not an official title. Just everybody calls it that. But it's Interstate 476. It goes between I-95 and the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Well, as we're getting on to the Blue Route at McDade Boulevard, I notice that there's a car right next to us, and I could kind of make out a car next to that, and I'm thinking, this isn't three lanes here. Then I hear the honking. This guy couldn't merge. He didn't know how to merge, and I... (laughs) Jane said, you should have said you felt unsafe in the app, and then they would have refunded the trip. I'm I'm not doing that. She can do that if she wants. And she has felt unsafe because there have been times where they've started to go over one of the bridges going into – or the tunnels going into Jersey or the bridge to go into Brooklyn when she didn't need to do that. And she would – she emphatically would tell the driver, hey, I don't live over there. You're not going the right way. And that's why she calls me every time she's in an Uber or most of the time she's in an Uber. So I get there safely. After that, it was pretty uneventful, other than the fact that, of course, we're driving at highway speed, and I don't know if his air conditioning didn't work, but he closes all the windows. And so it got pretty hot in there. But then I'm listening, and the song, I don't know if you've heard it yet, it's called Dial Drunk by Noah Kahn. I'm not a big fan of it. It's kind of country-sounding. But they play it on Alt Nation, and now evidently they play it everywhere because it was on, and and I was interested to see what the station is that was playing it because it was a broadcast station. It wasn't a satellite. And at first, maybe I thought it was, he was just listening to Spotify or something like that. I just, I just couldn't put this driver uh, who seemed to be Middle Eastern, I guess fairly young. Again, I can't tell because I can't really see him. I know he Middle Eastern because of his name, and I don't remember what it was. But when that came on, I'm like really interested now. Is he listening to Alt 104.5 Philly? Is he listening to something else? And it turned out he was listening to Q102, which is the hit music station in Philadelphia. And I was surprised that it would be on that station. That was the big, that was the big question going. Coming back, this guy picks me up. He's this older guy, and he picks me up. I kind of notice him hunched to his right every so often. And I'm thinking, what's he doing? Why does he keep doing that? And he had on WIP, which is the sports station in Philadelphia, or at least one of them. And he was listening to that. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, wait a minute, this guy doesn't have the voice directions on, and he's hunched over to his right to look at the screen on his, I guess it was his phone. So as we're driving home, he keeps doing that. And I'm getting a little worried because, again, he's, a, he's an older-looking guy, and <laughs> he 
He was probably younger than me, right? He had all white hair. That I could tell. And, and he didn't like commercials because the second WIP went to commercials, he switched over to 97.5, The Fanatic. And I thought that was funny. Because usually, to me, people are one of those two stations. They don't usually flip-flop. Unless there are two games going on. Some car- one of them carries the Eagles. One of them carries uh, the Sixers and Flyers or Phillies, whatever. I don't remember who was who. Because it's been forever since I listened to a game, whether it be football or baseball, on an actual radio. I've listened on the A-Lady. So we're going and we're driving and I'm thinking, okay, this isn't the way I would go, but okay, let's see how we go. We get to a spot where we should be turning left onto Chester Road. He goes straight and goes towards Chester. And I, I said, are we heading towards Chester? Because I live the other way if that's the case. And he says, yeah, this GPS, it stopped talking to me and now it's sending me the wrong way. And we get to a road that I know if we made a left, we could swing around and and head back towards my house. And then he noticed after he made that left, he said, oh, I see Fairview Road up ahead. I have uh, my, my daughter used to live over on Black Rock, and that's one of the streets in this development. And so we start talking about, I said, I said, what's up with the phone? He said, well, you know what? The, the app hasn't been the same since COVID. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, it always worked on my phone before that. I said, is it the same phone? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, he needs a new phone. Finally, I get to my house. No issues. But again, it wasn't the best of rides. I mean, it was comfortable. But had I not opened my mouth as we were heading down Chester Road, heading in towards Chester... Who knows how long it would have taken me to get home? And again, there is a few other ways we could have turned off. Had we gotten in, crossed the bridge from Wallingford into Chester, we could have gone and wouldn't have been too far out of the way. But I didn't know when he was going to actually make the turn. So those two Ubers, I usually always tip. I didn't tip either of those guys that day. After that appointment, I've been trying to figure out what is going on that is causing me the fibromyalgia and what I could do to fix it. And evidently it comes in flares. And the sad thing is, and maybe this is why I have it, I haven't had enough time to sit and actually look at it and look into it for long periods. There's some times when I have 15 minutes, I'll give it a shot. We've got a few things coming up, Believe You Can, as I've talked about and you heard at the top of the intro. And if you could go to believeyoucan.live slash ticket, You can purchase a ticket there or make a donation to the Keystone chapter. I'd appreciate that. So that's coming up. The state convention is coming up for the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. I've been doing work with that. And a couple other things, some other small web jobs and things like that. So it's just constant. There's constant stuff going on. So maybe that's it. But because I don't even have a second to take a look there and look into it further, I know there's some Facebook groups that I was on, some psoriatic arthritis Facebook groups that might be able to shed some more light on it. I just haven't had a minute to go and check it out. So as we go forward, I'll see what the story is and hopefully hopefully fix something there. The doctor did say that the medicine for it is... I don't remember his exact term, 
not that it would be expensive, but that it's kind of a powerful thing. And I, and I don't like taking, if I could go without taking it and fix it on my own, I'd much rather do that. And so when Jane comes home in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to look up and try and find yoga that's close by, and maybe the two of us will go to that. Uh, I <laughs> I envision that being very embarrassing for me because, A, I can't see what the people are doing, and somebody's going to have to come and put me into, <laughs> into those poses. So I just... <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll take the GoPro with me because I'm sure it'll be a lot of laughs for someone, not me. <laughs> but if I can make somebody laugh, so be it. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's making me laugh now, right? The big night out of my week was going to Eastern State Penitentiary for their Halloween horrors or whatever it's called over there. And it was a Philly meetup for the blind event. Trish, who is the leader of that, was able to secure 10 free entries. As I mentioned earlier with Uber, because I took Uber both ways on Monday and both ways on Tuesday, I thought, you know, if I can get there without taking Uber, at least going, because coming back, I knew it was going to be late. And so I thought, let me see if I can get there easily with SEPTA, which is the regional transportation company, mass transit company. So I was able to take the train to a bus, and the bus let me off at, across the street from the penitentiary. And that part was awesome. And I was part of the reason I was comfortable doing that, and it was the first time I took the bus outside of the one that runs right near my house here, probably ever, at least, at least since my vision has been this bad. I mean, maybe way back in the day I did it. But... I was familiar where I had to pick the bus up at because it is right at the corner of 33rd and Spruce Streets in Philadelphia. It's right at the corner of the Penn Museum, across from Franklin Field. And so I knew I could get off the train at the Penn Museum Station, I'm sorry, Penn Medicine Station, and walk through, cut through that parking lot, and then walk up to the corner, and boom, there it is. Now, the one thing I (laughs) I didn't bank on was all sorts of other bus lines go through there. So every time a bus came, I had to say, are you you the 49? Are you the 49? And one guy said, no, no, it's right behind me coming in right now. Oh, no, never mind. That's the whatever, the same, it was the same number as him, which I thought that was kind of funny. Was that guy really early or the other guy really late or vice versa? But I got on the bus. I had no trouble. And again, to go to the Eastern State Penitentiary cost me about five bucks, And you can't beat that. Again, it would have been at least $35 because that's what it was coming home. It might have been more because it was during rush hour. It was at 5 o'clock. Well, by the time I got to the Penn Museum, it was around quarter to 6. So who knows how much. I didn't even look because I knew my goal was to go and get on the train, get on the bus. Liz took me to the train when she was on her way. It was back to school night at her school or she would have gone with me maybe. Probably not, because she wouldn't have left Ziggy all alone. And I wanted to do it, and I figured, you know, again, the worst that could happen is I have a story to tell you. (laughs) And I love telling you stories, so uh, I guess I'm sorry to say that the bus ride was pretty uneventful, other than the lady that got on with the stroller and the kid that was getting a little out of control off and on, and she was blocking the exit, so I was hoping that after she got on, 
and she got on after me. I was hoping she'd get off before me, which she did a few stops after before me. So I didn't have any issues. And I kept checking on my phone because I didn't know how many stops from where I got on to where I got off. Because again, it's a bus. They don't stop unless somebody wants to get off or there's somebody there to get on. So I kept checking my phone. I said, hey, S lady, where am I? And she would tell me 20th Street and this or 20th Street and that or whatever. So I knew that when we made a left turn, that was going to be on to Fairmount Street, I guess, Fairmount Street. And I knew that I was going to take the first stop, which is called Corinthian. And I have to tell you, every time I say Corinthian, I think of Ricardo Montalban. And I actually looked it up before I started recording this and thought for a moment to grab him saying Corinthian from those old Chrysler commercials from the mid-70s. And if you're, if you're not familiar with that, just look up Fine Corinthian Leather on Google. That's all you have to put in. And one of the things that comes up is going to be one of those Chrysler Cordoba commercials with Ricardo Montalban <laughs> doing the voiceover. Everybody loved those back in the day. So when I got there, I walked across the small street that Corinthian, right, walked across that, and I was at the, I, w- I was at jail. I was there. And I walked to the front of the jail and I saw some people milling about. At that point, I got a WhatsApp message from Trish, who was on her way. And so I just hung out. And when she said she was on her way, one of the other folks in our group, his name is Owen, he was already there. So he came over, he found me, he's sighted. He actually does some audio description of movies. They do uh, movie nights at uh, the tour hub where Trisha's husband, Andy, does tours in Philadelphia, Segway tours and things like that. And so they'll screen a movie and Owen will do the audio description. He actually got certified in it. And uh, he has a really good voice for it. So I'm interested. Unfortunately, for the tour of the prison, there were seven of us. Three people who were sighted, Trish, Andy, and Owen, and four people who were not. I was the odd man out. And I was okay with that as long as I could follow someone and kind of hear from time to time what they're describing. My big thing was to get through without anybody touching me, not because it would scare me and I would probably, I would probably jump. But again, my body has been in such pain that I didn't want to be touched. And everybody's trying to say, go ahead. If you wanted to be touched, you were okay with that. You got a, um, one of those light kind of like those light sticks, those glow sticks. We used to play with them as kids. They probably have chemicals that'll eat through God knows what inside. Uh, The light sticks, you break the glass tube inside and you shake the chemicals together and they light up, kind of like the military uses when they're going to hit a target or whatever. Um, But they had those necklaces that you would get at concerts or raves and, and whatnot. So the people that wore those could be touched. Now, the cool thing was, in a very dark environment, I could see those on people's necks. When the light was shining in my face, I couldn't see anything. And the other cool thing was, Owen wore a bright orange hoodie. So it made it easy, again, if there was even a little bit of light, I could follow him. So I primarily stuck behind Owen, and he was guiding Mary and Mary's guide dog, Malia. And I felt bad for this dog because there were a lot of loud noises and she really hung in there, and I was, uh, I was happy to see that by the end of the night that the dog, <laughs> the dog made it through because she's a good-looking dog. She's, I believe it was a black lab, 
and didn't freak out doing some of the things because Eastern State Penitentiary was a jail. It was a penitentiary back in the day, and I, I think it closed around 30 or 40 years ago. And it was built in 1829, so it's not new. And that in itself makes it tricky to maneuver with some of the uneven sections of flooring and um, I guess almost like manhole covers in spots, I guess, so the people could escape like Andy Dufresne. So I, I stumbled there when I went to visit it without all the darkness and scary things and, and stuff like that. And so I, I was very, very careful. You know, I had my cane with me and a couple of people had gone past us and said, oh man, that guy's blind. Really? He is? Are you sure he's not one of the actors? <laughs> And one of the Owens said, no, he's he's with us. <laughs> I mean, I guess I look that bad, right? <laughs> I did have my I Can't See You podcast t-shirt on. Or, I'm sorry, hoodie on. So some people saw it. That'll pick up half a listener. So we went through, and it was really funny. I, I didn't know what to expect. It, wasn't, it wouldn't have been my first place that I would say, hey, let's go to Eastern State and do the Halloween thing. But it was time out. It was... A nice day, and again, I got me. It got me out, and it got me. It gave me a challenge to get from my house to there without spending Uber, because Uber is like cheating. Because Uber will pick me up right at my door, and it will take me right to that door, and that's easy. If you're made of money, sure, that's great. Go ahead and take Uber everywhere. That's great that you can do that. I wish I could. Because I'd go more places. And that's one, <laughs> that's one of the other reasons why I don't go out. Because I don't want to spend all the money taking Ubers from place to place. I saw an ad today for a SCORE event close by over in Essington. It's only about four miles away for businesses that are owned by women and minorities. Some places count minorities as basically race. Some also include disabled and it didn't say in this ad if it included disabled folks. And Digital Graphics is owned 50% by a woman, Liz. She wouldn't have gone, though. And 50% by me, a, I don't want to say it because it'll make people mad, a disabled person. Those of you who know me know what the word is I use here. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me. I know it bothers some people, so I won't say it. It's not a bad word, but if, you, if you're disabled and somebody says it to you, you might, you might be offended. But I thought about doing that. And again, I thought, you know what? I, even though it would only probably be about a $10 Uber ride, I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And I've got too much else going on. And I've got a lot going on this week between podcasts and editing and all sorts of stuff. And believe you can. So I said, no, I, I can't take my time and do that. So once we got there and got situated, we introduced ourselves. There were a couple of new people there. They were they live in New York. I don't know what their connection is to Philadelphia, but his name was Wally and the his girlfriend's name is Cindy. One lives in Brooklyn, one lives in Queens. After we did the greetings and everything and we went in to there's you walk through the big stone wall where there's these big old rusty gates and the wall I forget how thick the wall was I want to say around 20 feet thick give or take and we got everybody together and Owen described 
and I'm not going to play it for you here because I have so much other stuff. I did record him describing the wall and some of the turrets up at the top, uh, but I've got so much other stuff that I, <laughs> I'll, I'm not going to put it in there. As we're standing there, there is this person. I don't know what they were dressed up as. They, they folks described this person in mostly black and dark purple, but the person had these things on their knees and on their hands. I guess it was some sort of metal. So when they would slide along the pavement, sparks would shoot up. And the person comes over to us and is trying to, you know, talk with us in this scary voice and then starts messing with the dog. And Trish finally says, you know, that's a guide dog. And and the (laughs) the person's like, oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be messing with the dog. I'm sorry. And we passed that person as we were leaving and said, sorry, I'll stay away from the dog. Don't worry. (laughs) So yeah, don't mess with the dog. If the dog is off the harness, okay, mess with the dog. Dog's working here. Only getting paid in food, which I guess is probably good for a dog. Ziggy would take that job. He wouldn't be a good guide though. (laughs) So we go to where the we've we're now in this I don't want to call it a courtyard because it's a jail. We're in this open area and it's not the yard either. We get to where you have to go into for the horror stuff and first you have to go through a metal detector or be wanded. And so I've got my recorder on me, which is a Zoom H1N. I've already taken that out of the case and put the handle on it because I want to be able to turn it on and hit record if something's going on. So I have that in the pouch of my hoodie. And so it's my turn to get up there. And the lady says, take everything out of your pockets. I take the recorder out. I take my phone out. I told her I had a wallet in my back pocket. She feels something else in one of my other pockets, and I had shorts on, cargo shorts, because I love those, because there's 8 million pockets, and I have 8 million things to carry. So she feels the thing in the one pocket. I said, oh, that's the case for the recorder. She says, okay. She wands me. I go through. I catch up to the rest of the group, because now I'm the last one. And we take a picture, and I'll put the picture up on the show notes page, as well as probably Instagram at some point assuming I remember. (laughs) I'll get into that in a second. We take this picture and then we start and that's when some of the group go and get the necklaces so they could be touched and so forth. We are not standing more than three minutes after going through the entrance and these folks getting their necklaces. Then someone comes up behind me and slams into me, one of the ghouls or whatever they were, and hits me on both elbows, and it hurts so much. I don't remember the doctor hitting me there, but again, it hurt a lot. And I thought, okay, so I don't have the necklace on, but yet there there we go. And I'm thinking, this is it's going to be a challenge. I, I was a little worried. I honestly was a little worried. But as we're walking in, there's a few different things you could go into. One was called delirium. One was called nightmares. One was called the machine. We opted to go into the machine first because the machine was further down and most folks were going to go into delirium first and then work their way down. We did the machine first and then ended up back at the beginning (laughs) because of the way it wound through. But it is so cool how all these people have these different, they're all made up. Some of them have masks on. Some of them, one of them came over to us. One type of creature came over before we even went in while we're walking towards the entrance of the machine and he 
almost made sounds like he was a pig. I don't know what he looked like. He, he didn't look like a pig to me. You know, maybe a werewolf. I don't know. I don't know what he was. He made a, some weird noises. <laughs> maybe it was my stomach because I was hungry. I don't know. But there was another guy that was kind of, he was a character. And I guess he was made up almost like a zombie type of thing. And um, maybe not a zombie, but some sort of guy that had had a rough night. <laughs> and he's directing people, you know, in his character voice, telling you, go to the machine. And it's, you know, just up ahead on your left, blah, 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 blah. So we go in there and... As we're standing there in a single file line, this lady is yelling, and you'll hear it and just listen in a couple of minutes. She's directing people, and she starts yelling and carrying on and laughing. Uh, so we go in, and you start winding your way through. And at some points, it's completely black, which you would think I'd have an advantage there. But I couldn't find my way, and somebody, one of the characters, you know, gave me a little nudge and then, uh, you know, told me, you know, left or they're just to the left or something like that. I walked through some more. I don't know if you've ever been in a building. A lot of warehouses have them, those things that hang down to keep cold air where it's supposed to be cold and warm air where it's supposed to be warm and so forth. They have things like that, up, but some of them aren't clear. They are dark, so you can't see through them. So you have to walk through those. And once you walk through those, then again, I'm disoriented and I don't know which way Owen and Mary have gone, or Malia. And so I'm trying to find them. And there's all sorts of different people, witches and whatnot. And, and finally, there's one that comes up to me and she starts telling me and, and then she starts guiding me, but she doesn't come out of character. And you'll hear it in Just Listen. And I kind of cleaned it up with Alphonic one time. So hopefully... When it goes through again, it's still really clear and you could kind of hear her. We're winding our way through. And, and again, because I'm not with someone sighted, I don't know what we're seeing. I don't know what's on the walls. And some of the things made me laugh. You'll hear I chuckle a few times because I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at. I really have no idea. And then there's some places that have these strobe lights. And that messes with my eyes like you wouldn't believe. If, I, if you ask me strobe light or pitch black, pitch black every time. Because pitch black at least I have a chance of seeing those necklaces because it's really like a, almost like a beacon. I don't know that I would have seen Owen's black, uh, I'm sorry, fluorescent orange hoodie, but the necklaces and they, and both Owen and Mary took the necklaces as did Andy and Wally. So I knew that if I were near either of them, I'd be able to follow them. Trish and Cindy did not. So I wasn't going to be able to follow them. But we continue to wind our way through. And the best was get ready to get your work uniforms. You're ready to work and so forth and so on. And <laughs> it's this guy doing this really scary English accent. And the funny thing is, Andy and Trish are English. And so it's funny that this guy chose an English accent to be this crazy machine uh, supervisor and picked an English accent. So he's telling us, get ready to work at the machine. And he does a funny laugh. And he notices that I'm losing Owen and Mary. And he says in his perfect American accent, <laughs> just keep going forward. 
They're just up ahead. <laughs> and then a little bit further down, he's walking next to me, and he's doing the English accent, and I, I think you'll hear it in Just Listen. He's doing the English accent. Okay, just a few more steps straight, and then hang a left. And, and <laughs> it was just funny. The person that stayed within their character as they guided me, they kind of put their arm around me, and at one point, I, I thanked her. I really, I said, I thanks. I really appreciate it. She kind of tapped me on the shoulder to acknowledge it without coming out of character. And I thought that was funny. But it, that, it made me laugh so much about that. And um, it was just, it made it, it, that made my night, that guy coming out of character. Uh, I don't know why, but it was funny. So that was the first thing we did. We then went through the nightmare thing. I have some of that, too, that you'll hear in Just Listen at the beginning, you walk through, and this one person just keeps saying, tick-tock, tick-tock. And, you know, maybe three years ago before the TikTok app that monitors your every, <laughs> every waking second that you're on your phone, before that, it meant something. But now when I hear the words TikTok, I think of that. Just like before we had our dog Zamboni, the only thing I thought of as a Zamboni was that machine that goes out on the ice and scrapes it and puts down new water to make more new ice. Once we had the dog, I thought, hey, that's the Zamboni. So when they were saying that, it kind of made me laugh. And I even said something to, I think it was Andy. I said, that has a new meaning now to me. And I don't know, I, maybe it's more scary now <laughs> than it was. But at one point, we're walking through this. And when we got out, there was a, a strobe light that was just, it was shining as it would go off, was right as facing us as we walked. One way it was facing us and boom, boom, boom. So it was impossible for me to get that messed up my bearings. It messed up everything. And we got outside and I said, man, that was a nightmare. I thought my retina was detaching again. And that's what it seemed like. That's the flashes that you would see. It'd have a flash for a second. I didn't see any floaters there, so I guess that was good. So then we went to one more thing. I don't remember if we did delirium or not. It wasn't horribly scary. We did. Oh, we did do one where there was, I don't know if they were chopping up things. It, it kind of sounded like somebody pounding on a desk, but I think they were, somebody mentioned that it looked like intestines that were on this table, but it really sounded like somebody was just pounding on this task, desk or chopping things up or something. We get to one point where Wally and Mary both got in this chair and it was this crazy-looking evil dentist. Uh, some people would say any dentist is scary, so why would you put that in there? I enjoyed myself. I was surprised how much I liked it. And I think that especially that guy that was doing, <laughs> that was doing the English accent... And then came out a character to help me along, get find my way out. I just thought it was great because he was. It was great the things that he said. He's talking. There were body parts on the wall, and he said, "If you don't get to work," and he did this in his English act. If you don't get to work, those are going to be your body parts up there. Uh, yeah, just straight ahead and then turn left. <laughs> so all in all, it was good. At one point, we went to. If you follow this trail all the way down the, along the wall of the prison, which I'm, I'm thinking at this point was along Corinthian Street, if you go all the way to the back, there were ghost stories and scary stories. And when we first got there, there was a video playing, and Owen said, and I was facing 
where the sound was coming from. And I, I've told this story before where when you can't see where the speaker is, you point yourself to where the speaker is, meaning the audio device giving you the information that you're hearing. So Owen said to me, you're pointed towards the speakers where the sound is coming from, but there's a video playing on a wall behind you. I said, okay. Well, that ended, and then there was a person on a stage somewhere near where that speaker was. He said, now you're facing the person who's reading and the speaker, the speaker and the speaker. But this guy's reading this quote-unquote scary story. And I guess it would have been had he not made so many reading errors. For example, the word D-E-B-R-I-S, debris, not to this guy. It was debris, you know, like one of those things Jewish folks have when they chop off the little kids, you know. He, he made a few other terrible reading errors, and I get it. And the other thing that I didn't like about him, besides the reading errors, he wasn't even trying to do any kind of scary voice. He said, yeah, I could read. And they said, okay, come on in. You can read the ghost stories in the back. And again, it was a good story. I give the guy a C because of maybe the effort that he made. And I don't know that these people, we were told they make a little bit of money from doing it, but they're mostly there uh, to have fun and do all this. I can't imagine some of the people who were there with all the makeup and what they have to do to get ready every night. But all in all, it was a lot of fun. And then after we had dinner, we were going to go to Jack's Firehouse, and I was really excited to go back there. Uh, a few friends and I, probably two decades ago, maybe more, probably was more, <laughs> went to Jack's Firehouse back in the day when the original guy, Jack, owned it. And this guy was on Food Network, and he was there the night we were there, and he may have been the one that prepared our meals that day. It's owned by somebody else now. But they didn't have any reservations available. When we got out of jail, the kitchen was closed. There were still some people eating in there, but the kitchen was closed. And it was, I don't remember what time, in the 9 o'clock hour, maybe just after 9. So there were a few other places along Fairmount Street there, or Fairmount Avenue. I'm not sure which. It's one of those. But if you look up Fairmount and 21st, you'll see where I was. There was a place that we were going to go into called um, Urban Saloon. They had Thursday night football on in there. It was kind of loud. We chose not to go there. And I was happy about that because we just came from a loud place with all the yelling and screaming. And you'll hear and just listen how it was. And there were a couple other places down at the other end of the street. So we walked back. One was on one side. We crossed over right where I got off the bus. It was called Pier Bar. And so we ended up there. And we ate outside. It wasn't too loud except for when buses and people on motorcycles were driving by on Fairmount. It was nice because we had a big table. There were seven of us. We all fit. Every one of us got every one of us got a cheeseburger, except for Owen, who got fish and chips. And everybody, of course, got their cheeseburger cooked a different way. So that was kind of funny. And it was good. It was an enjoyable meal. And it was good to get to talk to Cindy and Wally a little bit. Again, talking to Cindy and, and <laughs> we were talking. She said, oh, how, you know, where do you live? And I told her Delaware County. She said, how did you get here? I said, well, I'm going to take Uber home, but I took public transport here 
because I had been into so much for Uber for the week because of the, and I explained, I, you know, it was already $70 into Uber, so 65, 70 bucks. And I didn't want to spend more coming. So I was able to take the train to the bus and I got out right at the corner here. And, and I said, the funny thing is the train only runs during rush hour. The train runs like every 20 minutes or so not during rush hour, it's every hour. And on the weekends, sometimes every other hour. And I said, my daughter always laughs because she said, every eight minutes, if it's not here in eight minutes, I'm mad. And if I just miss it by a minute, or it pulls out as I'm walking into the station, I'm mad. And I said, Jane, you only have eight, seven minutes to go or eight minutes to go. What what could you be mad at? Cindy agreed with her. (laughs) And Cindy seemed to be in that same age range, you know, probably mid to late 20s. And uh, she works for Google. And uh, it was just interesting to talk with her and uh, hear about how she, she had done a uh, an internship at Microsoft in the UK in Cambridge. And we talked about that. And Trish had asked me if I was going to the state convention because she knew someone who wanted to go. And I told her, just get me the information and I'll, I'll give the guy a call. So I'm interested to see that, but it was a really nice night and everybody, Mary ended up, she was going to take CCT, but was afraid to not cancel that because as I've mentioned, you don't know when they're going to show up. You might tell them 10 o'clock, but they might show up 10 minutes before or 20 minutes later. So we had just gotten our food, I guess around 9.30, 9.35. So she didn't want to rush. So she canceled it and she ended up taking the train home to where she lives. And she lives, I think, north of the city uh, or west of the city. I'm not sure. But she doesn't live the same way. And I didn't take the train home because it wasn't a, it wasn't a close ride. And I wouldn't have <laughs> – I, I would have still had to get an Uber to the station because everybody's car, I think, was full uh, going. So I just I, – my plan all along was to take the Uber back. So I took the Uber home. Christine was my driver. I was surprised when I got in the car, I hear a sporting event on. I could tell, but it wasn't, I couldn't make out what it was. The announcers weren't talking. It was just crowd noise. And then I realized it was Thursday night football. And I thought, wow. I said, how are you getting Thursday night football in here? She said, well, I carry two cell phones. On one of them, I've got Hulu, where I use, I play Amazon Prime stuff. And she had it tied into the car audio. So it was like she had it on the radio. So it was great. So going home, we listened to the Giants 49ers. Not that that was a good thing to listen to, but I thought that was neat that you could do that. And she said, oh, I do it all the time with different newscasts and so forth and so on. Uh, It just works out, she said. So I got home and it was no big deal. I got home just a little before 11 and all was good. And again, I really enjoyed my time out. Um, And there was a time, (laughs) I used to say, before COVID, I used to, stay at home. When Liz was at work at Walden, I would stay home. And then when COVID came, everybody stayed home. So it was no big deal that I was stuck at home all day, all week long. And the only time I would get out would be on the weekends. You know, then COVID came and everybody was in the same boat. And now nobody cares (laughs) that I'm sitting here all day, all week long. And so to get out and have an enjoyable evening like that uh, made it all worthwhile. And Again, things I would do just about anything to get out and uh, get around other people, uh, maybe not necessarily folks I speak to a lot. 
uh, the folks in the meetup group, some people I talk to on occasion, most of the time it's only when we do the meetups. And like I said, I, this was my first time meeting Wally and Cindy. Mary, I know because I've met her at the meetups. She's part of the Keystone chapter. And it's just nice to be around folks. And obviously Trish and Andy and, and Owen uh, are all at all the other things as well. So it's just nice to get together and, and get out. And it was a lot of fun. Instead of talking about White Canes Connect now, we'll just roll right into Just Listen. It's a pretty extended version of Just Listen. I'm going to let it run for a few extra minutes than I normally do because I just want you to hear all the stuff going on. And in the first portion of what I'm going to play, you'll hear the people sometimes giving me direction. You'll also hear the people yelling and screaming and acting like they're scary. Again, I couldn't see them, so I don't, I don't know how scary they looked. I thought about taking the GoPro, but I thought that's not the first place I'm using the GoPro. And I didn't want to drop it. I, again, my hands hurt, so I can't hold on to things. I drop my phone all the time when I use it. So I didn't want to take the GoPro out and do that and then lose it in a dark room where I couldn't find it. And I figured the H1N isn't as expensive as that. And I've had it for a while. And having it in the pouch of my hoodie really worked out. And when I was playing it, I just held on to the handle that I had put on it and pulled it out slightly so the microphone section of it was out of my pocket so it wasn't like it was muffled. So the beginning here, you'll hear how it is as we lined up and as we start through the machine, and then you'll also hear the people giving me directions. That is on this week's Just Listen. Continue. Earl is waiting on you for your assimilation. 
Come on now. Right on right here. Let's turn. Let's turn. You're going to make a right, buddy. No problem. You're going to make another left.
So do you guys feel like coming down sort of like an outside corridor? Okay. Yeah, we, we used to have, that. when I was here, we had a platform here, and there was a pool, and then spring up. scary stuff that went on at Eastern State Penitentiary last Thursday, the 21st. And again, a lot of fun. You could hear all the different things that were going on and how much fun it must be for those folks to get into character and do that. It runs through Halloween. I think they call it two different things. I think it's called Halloween Horrors until early October, and then it's called something else um, from then until early November. I don't remember what the titles are, but if you look up Halloween Eastern State Penitentiary, if you're in Philadelphia or coming to Philadelphia, you'll find it. And again, a lot of fun. I did find out the next day, tickets for at least the Halloween horrors is $44 plus a $5 service fee. Now, it is an evening that you have, but I just couldn't imagine going with a couple of people and spending a couple hundred bucks on tickets just for that. 
And again, we were comp the tickets because we had gone through. It was a preview night. So I don't know if everybody was comped. It was just a, uh, and you could tell in some spots they were still figuring out what was going on. They had a speakeasy there. But if you're in town during October, go check it out. It is it is fun. And if you like to be scared, if you're into horror, it, you will love it. You will absolutely love it. Even if you don't like to be scared, but you want something to do and you want to check out the uh, prison, uh, also very cool. Al Capone was there. And uh, funny thing, uh, Brian Fischler had emailed me because he asked me to help clean up some audio for a Flight for Sight podcast. And I said, sorry, I didn't respond last night. I was in jail. <laughs> and then I had to explain myself. And he read that first line. And he and he <laughs> he called me and he said, oh, I got worried after I heard that first line. So uh, it was a lot of fun, though. But yeah, 50 bucks, 49 bucks to, to go if you want to do that. And again, I'm not sure if that's all the way up until Halloween or if that price changes uh, in around the 11th of October. But check it out at Eastern State Penitentiary. If I can find a link to it, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. And I hope you enjoyed the Just Listen. That's probably going to be <laughs> probably going to be the best Just Listen I ever have because I thought some of it came out great the way it sounded. It sounded like you. I was in a horror movie. One more thing before we go. I wanted to mention White Canes Connect episode 084 with two blind brothers. Brad and Brian Manning started this company when... They had gone into a department store in New York City and got separated and ended up each buying the same shirt. And one of them had to return it. I think they said they did rock, paper, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors to see who it would be. They started it as a side hustle, ended up on The Ellen Show, and now they have this big company. Now, because they sell merchandise in a competitive way, they can't be a 501c3. And they explain that in the episode. So they have these profit-sharing agreements with different organizations that do research, mostly into retina research because they both have Stargardt's disease. And they both were diagnosed when they were seven. They are about five years difference in age, but both were diagnosed at seven and so have gone through it. The really cool thing about their website, and I'll have a link uh, to, the, to their website, on the lower left margin, if you have sight, you can see that there's an icon. It looks like a closed eye. You'll see eyelashes. Click that, and you'll see what it's like to have Stargardt's disease. It'd be nice if you could just click a button to get rid of Stargardt's disease like you can with their website, but you can't. But check it out. It's twoblindbrothers.com, and two is T-W-O, not the number two. So T-W-O-B-L-I-N-D-B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S.com. But they were really cool to talk to. I was interested in talking to them about business. Simon did a great job on the show as well. So that's White Canes Connect episode 084 with Brad and Brian Manning from Two Blind Brothers. It was a really interesting episode, and I love doing that. And I, I know I keep saying it, and I have, I have so many more that I would like to do as far as blind bosses go. I just I don't have the time to, to do another episode and to schedule more things in. Uh, as it is now with, with everything going on with Believe You Can, it's hard to get stuff scheduled. But check out that episode of White Canes Connect. And again, episode 084, wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all those sorts of places. That will do it for episode 245 of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate you listening. As usual, the show notes and 
some pictures from the night at Eastern State Penitentiary will be up at ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 245. That's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 245, all in numbers. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 245. Connect with me on the socials at David Benj on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, or X, whichever you want to call it, LinkedIn, and on YouTube, where you can even listen to the episodes. Again, at David Benj there. You can also phone in if you've got questions, comments, show ideas, got other scary stories to tell me. (laughs) Most of them these days, the scary ones are about my fantasy football teams. Please reach out, 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes to leave your voicemail. Please do leave your name and town if you do leave a message, and I will use it on an upcoming episode. I really would love to to have some more. Give me a call, please, 646-926-6350. And if you don't want to do that, you can reach out via email, podcast at gmail.com, podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much again for listening. I really do appreciate it. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.